Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion. It's Bruce, and, and this, this is Oh, That's, that's My, my gay, gay Friend. Episode 39, people. We're getting up there. We are getting up in middle age. Hello, husband. How are you doing today? I am great, husband. How are you doing? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Vegas.com. Come be an adult in Sin City. There you go. That's it. Plug time. Guys, you know what it is. Let's go ahead and get this cocktail order ready because we have a lot of shit to discuss with you guys today. Okay. It's a full docket. So let's get to it. What yes. are you drinking? So, husband, what is your libation selection for tonight? Champagne. Which what is, is mine as well. So, yes, it's a continuation Just of rounding this shit out. The brunch from today. Right. Rounding right. this whole week out, I feel. Yes. So, so here's to the Wilson Creek of the Orange Mimosa. So, here we go. Friends, we hope you have your libation ready. And we're going to do this cheer. So, here we go. Raise the glass. Clank, 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 clank. clank. To a good episode. <sighs> Wilson Creek always gets it right extremely consistent they are they bring it every ball she brings it all the time don't know why you gag for <laughs> okay so, so get let's get down to brass tacks we got shit to do no we have hair. things to do to guys tonight so let's get right into it so husband let's talk about how was your week how was everything let's go okay so literally last friday wheels up in the air went to Austin as a continuation of my birthday extravaganza. Okay. As you know, the week before I did drag surf right. puss tilapia on a tray. Uh, but last Friday, I wanted to get away. I've never had a solo trip. I wanted to experience that. or I've never had a solo trip outside of something work-related. So I wanted to know what that was like, experienced it, get my eat, pray, love on. But I also, two for one, decided instead of going somewhere that I've never been, that no one knows me, I figured I could go and visit my mom and my two brothers Okay. who recently, well, not so much recently, uh, moved to Austin from Houston, from Houston. Uh, but I've never been, I've never seen their place says their places so i was like okay two bird one stone you know let's get out do something for my birthday but also swing by and visit them it was an absolute joy of a time um shout out to my brother Travers and my brother diary hey y'all uh who my brother Travers he made it just a, a perfect weekend uh he and his girlfriend desiree it was an absolute joy I had some alone time, walked around the city, stayed in the heart of downtown, okay. right, ne right near the river. And yeah, explored the city, went to some little boutiques, ate at a diner or two, and you know, experienced the nightlife, which I think that you would love because their clubs are actual clubs. Like out here, we kind of use the, in LA, we use the term loosely, and it's more so bars right. that we're at for the most part that, you know, just play loud music. But there, it all of the locations are actual clubs. Like, one spot was actually, like, three levels, three different DJs. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, another spot um, called, I believe, the Highland. It 
gave old school circus and arena tea where it's just fucking huge and you know there's an outside part that has its own dj there's upstairs there's lounge areas so they really with that being said it's not that many it's not as big as west hollywood where you know it's blocks and blocks um it's literally like a block and a half okay <laughs> they're all right next door to each other <laughs> okay uh it's it's condensed but it's great and when we were there we had a housewife sighting. Who did you see? Ashley Darby. Shut the fuck up. From Potomac. Really? Yes. Looking absolutely flawless. Like the television does her zero justice. This woman is gorgeous. Skin is porcelain. The titties were out. The hair was snatched back in a ponytail. Now for whatever the reason. The forehead was there? Well, it's always going to be there. It was there before <laughs> she got there. Um, but for whatever reason, she was wearing like a white beaded gown with feathers on it. It was she hosting? Was there an event or something going on or something? So my brother looked it up and she was hosting somewhere in the area earlier. So I guess she just left her outfit on. Like, let's go party with the gays. Got it. Okay. Uh, she literally, while we were waiting in line, walked in front of us to walk straight in, of course into her VIP section. She said hi to us. We said hi back. My brother made it his mission because he is a huge Ashley Darby fan. Oh, really? Like, he was creaming in his pants trying <laughs> to get to her. He was like, we gonna find where she at. <laughs> and that was kind of like our mission of the night to kind of see where her VIP section was. We eventually found it. Nothing but white gays in her VIP section, was a little, which was a little disheartening. I mean, did you think it, it would be anything different? Though? I thought it would be at least one black. <laughs> just an urban, just one urban, you yeah. know, shake up. Uh, but yeah, she eventually um, was en route to leave. And my brother, you know, he just was like, I, I'm going to do it. Let's just do it. Uh, he actually asked me, he was like, come on, you should get a picture too for the podcast. And you know me, I'm not a starstruck person or I'm not, like, I never... That's just not me. Like if I, like if I see Mary J. Blige, honestly, I probably would be like, "Oh, hey, Mary, what's up, girl?" Um, That's not how you will react if you saw it, MJB. It would. It would. I don't think so. But okay. Well, how, when have I ever? I'm just MJB. I, I just I highly seen, doubt you'd be that calm, cool, collected, like. Oh, hey, girl. I just, that's my personal opinion. But go ahead with the story. But I mean, I've, I've worked on Rodeo Drive before, so I've seen celebrities. I've actually worked with a few celebrities at the store that I used to work with. And it just doesn't, like, they're just normal people to me. Um, so I say all that to say I wasn't really pressed to take a picture. And it, and when I thought about the, the podcast, I was like, oh, shit, this would be a great, you know, promotion, like something to post on our Instagram. Right. But I also was weary because our manager was standing right next to her. And I don't know if he would put the kibosh on, you know, my brother, the opportunity of my brother getting a picture who really wanted it. Seeing, you know, two big light skinned niggas walking over to her, like, you know. Light skinned love. Y'all would have had, listen, y'all had a plug in. Light skinned love. Like, there um, you go. Uh, but yeah, I fell back and he eventually got his picture with Ashley Darby. It is the most precious picture ever. Um, and yeah, that was, that was a great night. Other than that, it was just a, a weekend. Because I left Friday, came back on Tuesday. Just a weekend of seeing the city, eating way too much, and, uh, you know, spending time with family. With that being said, I got here back home 
Tuesday morning. And yeah. what did we do literally less than 24 hours later? <laughs> Baby, we were on a plane to Las Vegas. And we went. And, well, let me stop before that. So, you really enjoyed yourself. So, how was experiencing a solo trip? Because I've had several. Mm-hmm. And this is your first. And I was totally excited for you because... You can wake the fuck up and do whatever your mind tells you to do and don't think about no one else but yourself. So how did you experience, how, how was that experience for you? Oh, it was extremely liberating. I loved it. I'm obsessed with it. I can't wait to do it again. But with that being said, there were also moments where I missed you and I was like, oh, you would enjoy this. Or I would like to like experience this again with you. Yeah. But there's nothing better than... You know, being somewhere and literally saying, okay, I want to do this right now, so I'm going to. Yes. And not having to, like, negotiate or um, concede or, you know, and that's, and I'm not talking about just in a relationship, but at any, at any level when you're home, it, with dogs, with kids, with work, like, there has to be a level of compromise. Right. But on a trip, on a vacation where it's just you and there's no friends, no family, no anything, it's like it is very eye opening to really figure out what you want to do. Right. Like a hundred percent. Not, you know, being influenced or inspired or anything. It's like literally I didn't wa- I never thought I'd walk so fucking much, but like I didn't mind it. I enjoyed it. Like I went into little stupid shops, you know, like just because your mind took you just there. Just because my mind right. took me there. Yes, and, and that's it's amazing. empowering. It's empowering. And it I, is. I recommend everyone do it. Like even, and I'm not even talking about if you're in a relationship or not. Just, just period. Just period. Like going somewhere by yourself. Of course, letting people know where you are. Right. <laughs> you know, that I'm not saying just, you know, disappear and get lost. But. Or if you choose to do that, it's, it's amazing as well. But but yeah, just for safety. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't be going to Mexico to get a butt lift. No, we're not doing that. But, no, you know, I'm, no. I'm talking about just, right. you know, let people know at least what city you're going to. Uh, but yeah. Definitely, I suggest going somewhere on your own, having your own time, being one with your own thoughts is not scary. It's not intimidating. It's actually empowering and freeing. And I suggest everyone do that. It doesn't have to be a different state. It can be a staycation even really just some, you know, it could be an hour away from where you live. I just recommend that. Everyone this year does that at least once for your mental health. Yeah, you have to because also it gives you insight on who you are. Mm-hmm. It, you can talk to yourself as much as you want, as long as you don't hear voices back. But if you do, that's all right as well. You know, you just have a moment of truly just being in the silence of who you are and you have to be present and you can't escape yourself, right? Exactly. And like you said, you do have moments where there have been times where I've been on trip solo it's like damn you know you do miss your family or, or you don't want to talk but it's what we do is we have a system of all right i hit you up in the morning i want and i'll talk to you before i go to sleep whoever goes to sleep first or what what have you but there's no communication in the between time and although there may be times you do want to communicate but it's just like all right well you just you're just taking time for yourself right mm-hmm. so kind of recenter everything so i'm glad you had that experience thank you yeah so, but you came back Tuesday, Wednesday morning, we were on the flight, going to Vegas to see who? 
Usher, Usher, Usher. So, first of all, I want to say a big shout out to our one of our good, good, good girlfriends, Judy's Kamara and Christine, my besties. We love y'all, our besties. I mean, obsessed. And so, Kamara surprised us with tickets to Usher. Yeah. The whole crew. And it was like, wait, what? And it was like, that was a Christmas present, right? So, and we knew last year we were going and it was in March. And so we were like, you know, okay, that's, you know, March. And it came hella quick. (laughs) Oh yeah, this year is going to fly by. And we had an amazing time. But tell me your experience, what you had when you saw Usher, the show. How was that for you? It was an absolute event. Now, I'm not the biggest Usher fan. I enjoy his music, absolutely. Um, Have I listened to every album he's ever made? No. Um, But he did all the hits. Every single song that I do know, and the ones that I do love, he performed his ass off. And one thing that I love about residencies more so than tours is because they're in such an isolated, they're in one spot. For the duration of their dates so they can do different think more elaborate set pieces yes and things that you know they don't have to break down and reassemble every single day so that's what i went in looking for i was like okay what is going to separate this from just a regular ass tour and baby there were things <laughs> that separated this from a regular ass tour very much so what what did you what did you get from So me? first off when we got there and you know just the people and getting there and you you could tell who was going to the Usher concert just saying that and the DJ was DJing and had the hits but he was getting on my damn nerves because he kept talking over the best parts of the damn song yeah. trying to get shout outs to the birthday people and what city was here and all these regions and I'm like <laughs> not the okay. Yeah, he was like Baltimore in the building and New York in the building and then you know Houston, but he never gave LA the West Coast a shout out. I know which was weird. He didn't say West Coast. He said he West Coast. He, he, yeah, he said West Coast. He didn't he say specific like yeah. LA, Seattle, whatever. Yeah. He just yeah, we're loop uh grouped in one situation. But the show, Usher Raymond, I'm a big fan. I love him. I have always have loved him. Um as a dancer, seeing his videos definitely have, you know, been inspired by certain things he's done and he did great i think he he stayed in his pocket of mm-hmm. being a performer um because usher's a dancer and so with that comes a lot and singing and everything and i think he did a really good job of of marrying the two together to not be out of breath because and wearing them hot ass leather fucking suits he had on it was a lot of layers. <laughs> a lot of layering <laughs> lot that was layer. happening. But he did amazing. The show itself, it was great. It was so much stimuli. We don't want to tell too much to people who have maybe haven't gone yet to see it and who will be seeing it. Um, just know there was a lot of stimuli on the stage. There's a lot of things going on everywhere <laughs> all, of, all at once. Yes. Everything everywhere all at once is, yeah. is the And it's like, well, damn. I'm like, oh, shit. But I, 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 I would be remiss if I didn't mention... Big Booty Keisha. Uh, that's not her name, but we're going to give her her name, her name today. 
the, he has strippers on stage. Let's just say that. There's I think, a, yes, I think everybody a, know we we have social media. We've seen the clips. He has strippers on stage. And there's a particular woman that is an absolute MVP. Big Booty Keisha. That's her name. And from today. Uh, you will absolutely know who she is whenever you go. Man. There's no mistaking this No gal. mistaking at all. Mama killed the entire set that she was. And it was just like. Usher's here, <laughs> mm-hmm. but this is her moment. Like this was that was her stage at that time when she stepped foot on that stage. And he re- he did a really good job at showcasing the art of stripping yeah. and and dance. Really, like it wasn't just it, he did a really good job. It wasn't just movement or just a lot of arbitrary things happening. Uh, even though there, there was a lot going on, everything had a purpose and everything was executed very well it really was and also he was really interactive to the point where i didn't even think he would even do that like i mean in the audience talking to the audience talking to the women of course it was probably about 95 percent women in the audience which and i love he did something he had something for everybody he had you know obviously him and his male dances for the ladies he had something for the straight men who were there who were dragged by their girlfriends and he also had something for the lesbians and the gay boys, you know. Um, so I like that it was all inclusive. I like the fact that he was interactive with um, several of his female fr- fans, um, even to the point where we actually met one of them after the show who he had put a strawberry in her mouth and oh, had yeah. licking all the things. And she just, she, it was funny. We saw her, her pictures and everything. And she was like, I'll never forget this night. So it was a really good time. I think everyone really thoroughly enjoyed the show. But can we real quick, this being a gay podcast, let's go. Just talk about how fucking good he looked. Now I've never found <laughs> Usher to be sexy or like he's an attractive man. Yes. But I sat there watching him. He lit. It literally looks like he is still in like 2001. Yes. Like he has rewound the hands of time. He looks amazing. He looks really good. I've never, so I've never been sexually attracted to Usher. Mm-hmm. I've always admired that he he's a look. Uh, he looks good. He reminds me of one of my cousins. So I can't really go to that point with him on that. I can't. I can see that. Yeah, so it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, she reminds me of one of my. So it's like okay, like, but he's attractive men. Um, so he body is tight. Brother is Usher is forty two, forty three, could be forty five. I know he's not older. I don't think he's older than forty five, but no. he's he's in his forties. And shit, the abs were Abin. I mean, he was able to do handstands and and Ooh, he's forty four. Yeah, I know he's he's in the demographic age of us. Well, I'm not saying myself. We're <laughs> <laughs> say demographic yeah, age. Yeah, say that. Okay. Listen. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying it, but yeah, and so he does look amazing. He's kept himself great, and it was just a it was a great great show. I can't say it enough if you mm-hmm. haven't had the chance to check out Usher in Vegas you still have time do it our seats were amazing they're really at the it was at the MGM Park MGM Park MGM yeah. so there really honestly aren't any bad seats there aren't like there aren't. the way the venue is set up it is it's good now granted we're saying this because we kind of sit in the same section we always sit when we've been before yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but we can tell for the people at the top, they had a, a nice. They view. looked happy too. <laughs> You, you know, know, he shouted them out. He pointed several times. He looked up. Yeah. They looked happy too. There's a Jumbotron. You can see him on there. You, you can see him up there. But any seat in the house is good at the park MGM. You know, just just know that. So mm-hmm. that was fun. And so, in light of all the things, you know, we saw Usher was the main focus while we went there. But while being there, of course, we had to clown with the crew and the people of Las Vegas and the shenanigans that ensued. The shenanigans that ensued, it was surprisingly uh, more so on the quieter side because we did, we were there during the week. Yes. Uh, during a random week in March the, where nothing really was going on. Well, there was a convention that was there. there apparently, there was but a I convention, and we saw people that was like, you look important. Like, are you look yeah. like you are somebody? They look like they don't turn up. That's what they look like. <laughs> it was, and you later found out it was like, Doctors, it was like a doctor's Excuse me, convention. Yeah. It was an orthopedic convention, but one of our friends thought it was a, a, a for attorney's convention or something. But it was you could just tell it was it was money in the building, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was money to be had, you know. So, yeah, a lot to lose, so it wasn't crazy in the streets that much. No, and we kept it kind of quiet the first night. We did assure that we well, we went to dinner first, went to Maestro's. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was amazing. That was cute. And then we saw, went to the concert. After that, we we went to a, um, try to find a lounge, right? Yeah, this week it, it was really our time in Vegas really consisted of like just lounges, chilling. It wasn't any crazy parties until us the very last night. The last like, night, right? Idiots. But <laughs> <laughs> hours before our flight, that's how we had to do it. But it was funny also because. We went Tuesday or Wednesday to a Friday, and we met so many people. I've seen uh, my little play gay brother walking down the street. We're walking back to our, we're walking to our hotel so we can have a Harlem night. So if you guys don't know, so the show Harlem is back on Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime for season two. So the crew, we normally will have like a, we have a certain show we will watch and every Sunday we'll go to each other's houses and have a dinner and, mm-hmm. and do that. So Harlem became a, our new show after Insecure, you know, has ended to do that. So we haven't seen Harlem yet. So we're like, you know what? Hey, we're all here in Vegas. We're going to go to someone's room, do some face masks and watch Harlem. And we did that minus the face mask because the girls have to make a beat for, for the gods that day. Mm-hmm. And... So walking to our room, I look up. I'm like, Deshaun, mm. like what the fuck? So my little gay brother was there. So I'm like, you know, we're gonna holler. I'm gonna holler at you later on tonight. We're gonna go out to the club. Uh, we did Harlem. Who else? Oh, as we were walking, so after seeing Deshaun, then we proceed going into our hotel. We stayed at the Resorts World at the Hotel Conrad, which was amazing, beautiful, beautiful resort. Totally stay there again. Definitely will stay there again. And so we're walking through and, you know, there's different shops, different restaurants. And the husband looks and says, there goes Erica Girardi. And we're like, wait, what? Come to find out. They were filming Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Erica was shooting with Crystal. So, you guys, uh, this is breaking news, you know. So, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is filming currently and they will be in Vegas at some point. Yes, it was. Uh, it's going to be one of the girls' trips because all of the main cast members were there, which is essentially everyone from last season, minus Lisa Rinna and yeah. uh, the lip licker. The lip licker. See, you don't even remember her name either. 
was the Di- uh, the Jenkins woman. Oh, that brought yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so they're all there shooting in Las Vegas. Now I don't know if they stay at the Resort World property. I think um, so. I kind of felt like they did because at the Resort World property, it consists of three hotels. Uh, the Conrad, which we stayed at. The Hilton, mm-hmm. which, hello. And the third one was... The Crawford. Yes. So, I believe they stayed at the Hilton side because there were some pictures. I did some sleuthing. And okay. there were some pictures uh, that Kyle and Dorit had posted. And it looked... They just looked familiar. Yes. So, like, it looks like <laughs> some... saw that. Right? It looks like some spots we passed up going to the Uber pickup. <laughs> so... I feel like they may have stayed at the resort world. We'll have to wait and see when the season comes back. But I'll just say that Erica looked amazing. She did. They both were sitting down. They were sitting at this restaurant. We walked literally, Diva. literally right past them. And as we <laughs> passed them, once we got back to our room, I said, wait a minute. Uh, production didn't come and give us a clearance or ask for to use our likeness as a background, you know? So I seriously doubt they'll use that scene. Let's be honest. <laughs> Crystal's in it. They'll probably, it's good, the cutting room. Floor. Well, no, because it seemed like her and, and Chris, Erica and Crystal were having some type of deep conversation. And the fan of me, like, did not want, the fan of me wanted to run up and be like, hey, y'all, what the fuck is that? Yeah. But <laughs> I knew they're shooting this show, right? Yeah. So you can't do that. And again, we're from LA, so, you know, we see shit all the time. But, it was just interesting to just walk past and just so casual, like, oh, he's like, there goes Erica Girardi. And we're like, where? Look to the right. And there's a whole film crew that's right there. And the ladies are having lunch and dishing about some antics that has happened. So that was fun doing that. And then we proceeded to go hang out and we went to the wonderful chandelier bar that night at the cosmopolitan hotel Mm. and that was a lot of fun there was a lot of people watching which we all love to do and again there was another sighting of someone but he wasn't as big as a person if you watch the show what show love Love is blind Blind? yeah kamara actually saw she was like there goes the cracked out adderall dude that (laughs) the girl left him at the altar for I can't remember his name. He was a Caucasian guy, but... I completely forgot that this even happened. When you mentioned another sighting, I was like, ooh? Yeah, okay, guys. So the one with the blonde hair that kind of reminds you of like a young, crazy Gary Busey. There you go. That him. Was we saw him. He was there. That was just... It was just, again, coincidental, all these things that we were seeing in Vegas. This is like... It was a lot this of just a, a regular week for us, you know? So that was fun. Then later, later on that night... We say goodbye to the girls because I was like, I can't be in Vegas and not go to a gay club. I can't go to the Fruit Loop. And if you don't know what the Fruit Loop is in Vegas, there are about one, two, three, four, five different gay locations in the same area. And so it kind of there it's they're all designed in the loop. Yeah. So that's what they call it the Fruit Loop. So we went to Free Zone first and Free was zoning because no one was in that bitch at all on a Thursday night. It was completely empty. And completely. Actually, empty. Well, didn't the security guard tell us to like leave? Like, wasn't he just like turn around? <laughs> like he was gesturing. Because I, like, I had a, a drink in my hand, so I think oh, that's why. Okay. And I knew I couldn't take the drink inside. But once we opened the door and saw that, that there was no one on the dance floor, I was like, "This is not the place." So we hopped. We walked right over to Piranha. 
Where everyone was. I said where everyone was. Everyone was at Piranha, right. And Piranha gave, it gave something. Um, There was some strippers on some go-go boys and go-go non-gender binary people. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like they probably would. But um, identify themselves that way. And the most consistent thing that I saw is no one had no ass. But they had a thong on, but there was no ass that was there. And as an ass man, that's a problem for me. One of my strippers, I want to see a little, a little courage, a, a little, and even in the front, there, there was no, there was no um, bulk. Yeah, funnily enough, that's what Bulges. I was looking at. <laughs> right. uh, that's what I was looking at in the front, and there was nothing, nothing there either. It was a lot of you know, like, waif, <laughs> just listen. Gave, the gays in Vegas are a little different. But we we love hanging down and going to the places, and we actually, surprisingly enough, it was a Thursday night, which I guess is a drag night. So there was a couple of girls that performed, which were kind of cute. Yes, they did their thing. And one happened to be a Rue girl, a Rue alum, Yana Sophia. Yes, she was there. She, she was there. Stuff. She performed a Rihanna number. She performed uh, Love on the Brain. That, but she also gave it a Super Bowl twist because she had the Rihanna belly bump. Yeah. However, she was in a full fledged gown, <laughs> flowing gown with it. So, but Yada did good, and we actually took a picture with her. Um, so she was super sweet, super nice. So that was fun, and then we we scurried back onto the room <laughs> and woke up like three and a half hours, hours later, later. Right. <laughs> to catch our flight. Uh, so yes, that was a week that. Absolutely weaked for sure. It weaked, and we had an amazing time. We had fun. We had deep conversations with our with our friends. Some insight was had. We had some delicious food. We went to, like I said, Maestros. We also went to Best Friends. Best Friends was really cute. We met a, a very power bottom waiter by the name of Sam. He was cool as fuck. It was great. So, but he was like, you know what? Let me tell y'all what y'all gonna have for dinner for tonight. Which, <laughs> yeah, which was appreciated, especially if it's a place that you've never gone to before. Um, but you know, it was an experience. I, I appreciate it. It was best friends was really cute. The DJ, the vibe in there oh, was, was great. The I wish they had an additional section. Yeah. We talked about that because we would have stayed there just later, just to lounge, just to lounge and hang out. Because we're at the age right now where I'm a party, so I can party all day, go to a club, but. You know, when you're out with your friends and that may not be the energy everyone is on, you don't want to like hang out still. So you want to lounge and just converse, have some more cocktails or choose not to, but just have a good vibe going, music. Yeah, people watch watch all the shit, you know. We even saw, and what hotel we were at, they were resetting um, the ambiance. In the lobby of Fourier, as far as they were putting up decorations and everything with the cranes, we were watching that shit, you know what I'm saying? Just having a good time. So, all in all, we had a great week. Thank you once again to Kamara for uh, inviting us to Usher to enjoy the celebratory friendship. Yeah. Hanging out and seeing all the things. So... Right now, you guys, we're going to pay some bills. Before we do that, though, 
<laughs> Have you ever wondered why? Our brand new segment. Yes. We actually came to an agreement. It's kind of like a joint. Have you ever wondered why this? It is. Uh, because it's right off the back of what we just talked about in our experience. What was it? Okay, so have you ever wondered? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck? So are you have you about? ever wondered why, when you go to clubs uh, in Las Vegas, straight men always feel the need to dress up, wear blazers, most notably white straight men, versus gay guys who, when we go out, it's very cash. It's like a hoodie situation. Maybe there's like a button up involved, right? Yeah, I think that heterosexual normatives, they it it the expectation is just, you know, the men have to be come sued and booted or what have you. We're gays, we're so relaxed. You can you come in your streetwear, casual wear, or suited and booted, but if you come in suited and booted, you may you're gonna your look uh, unless it's an upscale type of situation, you're gonna kinda look out of place a little yes. bit. You know, so you know, I'm a I'm at the point in life where I am comfortability over everything else. Yeah. So I'm gonna rock something and be comfortable. It's gonna be fly as fuck and keep it pushing. So it's all about that comfy lifestyle. It is. Um, I honestly think that straight men are so trash that they have to. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They're so gross <laughs> that they have to like overcompensate with the way they look and their first impressions because usually they're unable to like maintain a conversation or they only want to talk about themselves or you know so they have to offset what you'll actually get with like a good facade <laughs> they have to present what i think yes, i think present, that's probably though. what women would like to see them present and look as, and be groomed a certain way because it was very interesting to see at the chandelier bar there were so many men that were like in man groups but there were no women around. I'm like, so y'all just standing here just talking amongst yourselves, yeah, like, like a which is cool, but jerk. not a circle jerk. <laughs> My mind did go there to a point. I was like, this seems very humble, erotic, but I'm going to just not put that out there like that. But I also, I think they were just, you know, hanging out and doing mm -hmm. the fun thing, you know? So, I mean, all in all, good time. But yeah, I think heterosexual men, they have to, they're, I, they're, there's an expectation to dress up to go out which in the gay scene we don't have that type of expectation maybe we should i don't know but you know then you wouldn't be able to twerk as much and do and, that's and, what go, and walk for the kids you know so but before we <laughs> take this break we had some more news but you know what guys hey charge it to our brain not our heart because we are operating on like four hours of sleep literally fucking i'm <laughs> on fumes and this is a live show tonight you know this is friday for friday you right, know let's so get to this fucking uh <laughs> <laughs> reality roundup yeah like so we have one more story for reality no shit one more story for the hot topics which is some people were fired some people were hired and someone is very bitter and I'm talking in reference of Married to Medicine. Yes, on Bravo, one of our favorite shows. Yes, probably one of my favorite franchises it's, of Bravo it's shows. Such it's such a good show. show. Yeah. But I was so hurt that to come to find that one of my good, good, good cast members is now gone. And Contessa has been let go. I don't want to say fired because I don't want her to be fired, but... 
So here's the holistically the breakdown that we can dissect it. Okay. Out, Contessa and Anila in Phaedra Parks. Now, also what okay. I've heard, what I heard on this, I, I completely forgot to mention this to you, but since we're on the topic, um, a rumor that I heard is Phaedra is not the only person coming on to the show this uh, upcoming season. We're actually going to get a blast from the past. Quad's ex-husband and his new wife are going to be on the show. Dr. G. Honey, Dr. Dr. G is back. <laughs> and his little, his little, yep, Dr. Greg Lunsford and his wife to be reportedly joining the cast of Married to Medicine next season. Quad's ex-husband, and this was reported by The Neighborhood Talk. Well, I can see, because he's still probably friends with the men. So I can, I can definitely see him still being part of that. I hope it's just a friend of, like when the guys meet up and yeah, he yeah. happens to be there. I don't need to see his new bitch, because I don't need Quad to be like, I don't, Quad don't need that type of energy with that whole, like she'll need that with her. Yeah. She's in her new space. New dicks, bigger dicks, like new life, she's good. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I'm saddened that Contessa is gone. I feel like she was very much a great attribute to this cast. Um, Anila, I was starting to like her. I really was starting to grow and to like her. Really? I really was. I mean, because she brought a different, once she's Indian, so their, their culture, I love seeing that. And True. She just brought a, like a funness to some shit, but I don't, you know, I don't want them to, to have their house broken into a third time because of Toya and her people. So maybe this is the best thing and her for them Right? How do you feel about the situation of the shakeup? Well, I am saddened by Contessa because I, I, I really did enjoy her in her in the dynamic with the other girls because she, you know, definitely held her own ground. Even against like the show's biggest antagonist, which is Heavenly, like Contessa did not back down. Yes. Uh, so I think in that group, having people that just don't go along to get along is great um, with those huge personalities. Anila, I, the reason why I agree with you and I think that Marriage to Medicine is one of the best shows on Bravo is because it's the most authentic and there's been drama on the show but it's been real fucking drama between right. these married couples because I mean every everyone on the show is married with the exception now of Quad but with that is like already a set like drama to the max right uh, and everything has been real and I just didn't especially last season think that Anila was real like I felt like her storylines were made up I honestly think that they paid <laughs> to have the fucking nanny go home for a few weeks so they could like make that be a storyline and then she happened to get robbed and it was like oh shit a real storyline um but yeah but i do agree with you i i, I will miss seeing her culture i yeah. think that was beautiful i think that you know her mother that dynamic was funny and light and cute uh but i'm not going to like miss her <laughs> but to think to get rid of them for Phaedra. Now, I have an issue with Phaedra. And I'm I'm team candy till the cows come home. Because Phaedra did some fuck shit on Real Housewives of Atlanta several years ago. We all know what it is. Excuse me. If you hear me snorting and all that stuff because Vegas is dragging the fuck out. And we all had sinus situations going on. 
I digress. So I think with Phaedra coming, the show is called Married to Medicine. You're dating medicine. You're not married to medicine. Unless you have a ring on your finger and you say, you say I do by the time the show air, I don't need to see you. And I think Andy has such a hard on for her. He is like, by any means necessary, I want to have her on yeah, something. Back on and it's like, Ultimate Girlship was great. She tried to redeem herself. She tried to show herself in a different light. She got new wigs, new nose, or whatever, new makeup, trying to look light-skinned. Whatever. Fine. Do you. But, yes, you probably know the girls in Atlanta because all these franchises know each other and become friends. But you're not married to medicine. That's the part of the show. And... Furthermore, I'm really surprised, and I want Toya to have the same fucking energy with her because she had an issue with um, Quad not being married mm. and still being with the cast. So Phaedra's not married, so she's dating. So why is she there? Mm. So are we bringing her to shake up shit? Like, what is the point? We already have Quad is a big enough personality on this show. Big, read the house down for boots. We have Simone ass. She don't yell her ass all the way. We got heavily messy ass. Like, we don't need that. I don't think she's going to add anything to the show at all. Nothing. Okay, and this is where I disagree. Especially after last season, this show needs a shot of adrenaline. Like, this show has peaked and benefited and profited from authentic drama. And fortunately for the couples, but unfortunately for the viewers, I think that all the couples are in a good space. Like, they're all in a good spot. No one's, like, threatening to file for divorce. Like, I think everyone's really have worked through their shit. And the ladies, even last season, the drama that they had amongst each other was, you know, a bit contrived and kind of forced, I feel, in some, in certain aspects. So, this show definitely needed something. Um, I am definitely interested. I am on the team of Annie Cohen. I think Phaedra Parks needs to be back on our televisions in some capacity. I agree. Um, and this wasn't my ideal uh, spot for her. I still would have liked to held out and put her back on Housewives after, you know, Candy eventually bows out. Because I do believe whenever Candy leaves the show, it will be on her own terms. Yes. So I would have held out for that moment. Um, because, again, like you said, Phaedra isn't married to nobody. It's a bit contrived. It is a little jumping the shark, in my opinion. But I'm still extremely interested to see those dynamics, how she will fit in, who she won't agree with because we know how those ladies read right but we also know how phaedra reads and those are two completely different types of reads so i'm very curious to see who she's gonna butt heads with and if i like my absolute dream would just be her butting heads with toya because that i because i feel like <laughs> the women on this show because they've been together for so long they give toya so much grace and they treat her like that little sister that you can't fucking stand but at the end of the day, that's she little sister. sister. Yeah. We need, and like all of the new chicks that they brought in, like Contessa and Anila, they are not wordsmiths. They're not shade assassins. They are not any of that. So basically, Toya has not been handed her ass the way she should have been in, you know, in this franchise. And I think Phaedra's that girl to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, Contessa would have put the hands on Toya. But see, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying. I, I, hear, I, hear, I, I agree with you 100%. But yeah. So. I just need someone to drag the fuck out of Toya verbally. Well, Quad has done that. But see, at, but at the end of the day, Quad still 
I still feel Quad loves Toya. Like there's still love, love yeah. okay. there. I need okay. someone off the streets to come in <laughs> and get that and verbally beat that bitch down in the parking lot. And I feel like Phaedra Esquire, Phaedra Parks Esquire is going to be that is girl. She Esquire still we don't know. But we come. We also come to find some new information. Um, so Mariah, who if you are a true OG fan of Married to Medicine, she actually brought that to Bravo. So she's an EP. And she was talking with the, you know, podcast queen himself, Carlos King. And on his show, she talked about how she wasn't fired. Her contract, she had two contracts. And basically her EP contract was longer than her castmate contract. And so once it came for negotiation, she wasn't thinking about her cast contract. And it kind of went to the wayside. And she felt that the girl should have stood up for her as she said, I would stick up for every each one of them um, if there was a situation of them wanting to let them go. But she's she like at that moment, she was bitter. But she said, you know, now she's not. And, of course, the hindsight and everyone says, you know, what what God has for you, no one can take away from you, which is I, I wholly, truly believe that wholeheartedly. But I do think she still wants to be on the camera. Because Mariah was good TV. Mariah, Mariah was, was excellent TV. Impeccable TV. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, they just decided to go a different route. And and maybe because she wasn't planning to get along. And maybe because her, that her, you know, big click energy was going too yeah. much. Yeah. That they were like, you know what, we're just going to kind of gracefully say no or decline but you can still have your ep cred and, and do all that because i do miss her talking shit to aiden and aiden <laughs> you know he'll put his foot in his mouth of certain shit so but i don't miss her mama though i, I don't miss her damn mama because her mama was doing way too much but you know that's that's that that's that so now we're gonna take a break you guys come back seriously this time <laughs> have the reality roundup stay tuned All right, we're back. We're back, you guys, and we're going to talk about this reality roundup. So let's first start off with the Real Housewives of Potomac, the final part of the reunion. So part three of the mm -hmm. reunion. And we pick back up with Mia and Jacqueline, demise of a friendship for 30-some years. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like it, But this portion of the reunion was so useless. I honestly think that they could have did a Housewives of New Jersey and like Diddy crop Jacqueline out of the reunion because there was nothing, there was no revelations brought to this other than a lot of paper that was printed out at the UPS store. Like no one <laughs> dropped any bombshells. They just said what they could do. Well, Jacqueline had to prove herself to say, you know, I brought my own car. So here's my paperwork for my car. I, you know, have this type of business that, you know, me, actually, my sister was my nanny first and she was actually, I, I lent her to Mia. So she tried to clear some things up because Mia has a, a, um, a habit of falsely, of rewriting the truth. I'll false say that. False narrative. <laughs> false narrative. Yes. Fake news. And so Jacqueline was like, no, we're not going to do that. Let me show you something. Because Mia had a box also. She took out her Pandora's bedazzled box, but never gave any tea. That's what I'm saying. It was so useless. <laughs> but one thing that I guess will like rectify 
this or justified this segment was that Jacqueline admitted uh, to lying at Mia's request about G giving her the down payment or helping her with the car. Right. She said that was a flat out lie that she did for Mia because she wanted Mia wanted to have this narrative of, you know, being a a, a team with G and lending a helping hand to Jacqueline. Right. Who, to be beneath her. To be beneath her all yes. of the time. Now, why Jacqueline would admit or not admit, but agree to something like that is still a little beyond me. Like even like I don't want to be on TV that bad to where I'm going to portray myself as being a needy someone who can't afford like I'd be like I'm good love. Well see some people do and some people I think what they probably did was had an agreement to say okay listen you're gonna be my good, good girlfriend we're gonna present this type of way but you know just make sure you keep it cute and everything and then it fell by the wayside and someone got a feeling hurt or some yeah. someone said you know you have some friends who may take a dig at you and it hit in the wrong way mm -hmm. and you're like no fuck that and I think the trip to Mexico, it just went left. Yeah. And you could tell that whatever agreement that they had that was not contractual by paper, it was all bits was off at that point. Yeah, they didn't read the fine print of their negotiations before <laughs> they agreed to let Dra Jacqueline come onto the show. Yeah. And, showed. and so Jacqueline then, you know, politely is asked to leave the set. <laughs> they're done with her and we bring on the drag that Sharice has now Sharice was getting back there in the green room getting beat for the gods because they were putting on drag making for her no, and drag hair. It, like she was baking she had the powder <laughs> trying to set her oil based foundation I know that because it happened to me Yeah, and she looks like my little pony like that ponytail is just not it's not Sharice is a cute girl, and I'm a Sharice fan, but that it's way, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. it's very draggy. It's, it's it's very draggy. Her her geese right now. I feel but, like she needs to be tipped. Like Annie needs to tip her. So and maybe like she that. and maybe she came out because she was like, I'm about to entertain y'all motherfuckers because I'm gonna take this bitch Karen down. But was it entertaining? Did she take Karen down? I think she told the truth about Karen. I think she, you know, she had to remind Karen like I know you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you're not going to do is try to just say, discredit who I am in this circle, you know, and, and still put that whole situation of, if it wasn't for me, she has, she kind of has her Mariah situation. If it wasn't for me, y'all bitches wouldn't be here. Yeah. And Andy actually, um, chimed in and said, we asked her back. She, yeah. He was like, not since she's left the show have I even heard from Sharice. There's been no communication. So we did reach out for her, uh, reach out to her, which I thought was, you know, was nice for him to say because Karen has alluded that, you know, Sharice has been thirsty and has been wanting to get back onto the show and back into the, the fray of things. Yeah. And it's like, that simply just wasn't the case. She's not here to, you know, be a plot twist to you and everything. So, it was really, really a, um, a great segment with Sharice being there. She she spilled some more tea with the girls. She talked about some things. They they addressed a lot of different rumors that were coming up about Karen, you know, fucking people in the bathrooms. And at some point, the girls all agreed. Like, we all hear rumors. We all get these rumors from not the blogs, but people who we all know. Yeah, and so Robin said something really smart. She said, so Karen... 
we all know the same type of people. We all have, she said, so if one person is consistently reaching out or saying something, like, it cannot not be true. Like, there has to be some type of truth to something, right? Mm -hmm. But they all agree that they all do run what, what has been told to them, but it's also because they feel it's credible because it's someone who they know. It's not just from the blogs. Yeah. So I was like, well, that is very kind of interesting because people do talk and people can't hate on you, but you know, when there is some type of smoke, they could be fired. Now, I'm not saying all the time, but I do feel that we've heard this same story from Karen of having a, a blue-eyed bandit somewhere for several years. So, hey, you know. But that is kind of where that conversation stayed. <laughs> it did. And then he brought on the, the husbands. husbands. Yeah. And, you know, everyone had the introduction. We had, you no know, Smiley Eddie here. We had, you know, uh, Dr. Uncle Ben looking. Uh, Ray. Greg. That's his name, Greg? Ray. Karen's husband. Ray. Ray. Sorry. And we had, you know, G is G is the nasty nigga. G is the type of nigga that will shake your hand and rub the tickle the, the palm of your finger. That's who G is, in my opinion. Yes, he um, seems very perverted. Very perverted. And then we have Mr. Chris, the man and of the hour. And then we have the man of the hour, Chris, who came with guns blazing for Giselle. He came with a mission, an objective, if you will. <laughs> uh, so that leads us back into the conversation. Well, of course... Andy talks to G about Mia's sicknesses and he gets emotional. Who cares? He talks about Eddie smiling and uh, the Muppet or right. Sesame, Sesame Street, Street character. And it was a light moment because we really got to see how strong their marriage is. Right. Wendy um, just literally laughing at the absurdity of that and not giving it any, any air. And then we get to, oh, of course, he asks Robin, where's Juan? And, you he's know, working. He's working because that's what he that's does. That's what he does. He works. He doesn't watch the show. Neither. He doesn't watch the show. He doesn't. Another reason to get rid of this bitch. But <laughs> we get to Chris. And that kind of uh, introduces the rehashing of Chris v. Giselle. Yeah. So Chris tells his account because he's like, you know, Andy asked him, so what happened? You know, you have a moment. So Chris, like, thank you for this moment. I, it's been 10 months. And as he starts to talk, Giselle tries to chime in and he shuts that shit down automatically, basically saying, you've had 10 months. You've had interviews. You've bashed my name. I've lost clients. I've had to explain shit to my kids, to my family. You will not talk over me at this time, mm -hmm. which I completely agree with him. I do think he went... <laughs> I do think his emotions got the best of him, and he did start. I, I don't say talking out of pocket, but he st he was very firm in his talk. Um, his his uh, I don't say aggression, but his tone to her. And I was like, oh, okay. yeah. His so emotions started. To his come emotions out. started to come out, and so she was like, okay, I'm gonna let you finish, and that happened, and it just went to a whole different place of. Understanding Chris's position, he basically tells the people, like, listen, we both agreed the facts of this. You want to have a conversation. I want to have a conversation with you. You thought your team were there. They weren't there. We found out some new facts, actually. He said that Giselle was in a robe, but he had a robe over her dress. Over her so she's like, you know, what are you talking about? And then he's like, the door was open. She's like, the door was never open, Chris. And he's like, it was open. The latch was there. I, th I know who he was talking about. Like, you put the little latch on your door. Yeah. So, so you won't be locked out your room. 
and presumably is it open it's open it's not all the way open but it's open enough she's like well the door closed behind it's not you shut. it's not shut right one thing that they did agree on was the conversation was had hey i want to i want to talk with you okay let's go to the room they both were they both have the understanding that they noticed they thought her team was there they both thought her team was in the room right and they both noticed that her team was not in the room when they both got there. Right. So to Chris's point, he was like, well, if this made you uncomfortable, why, when you saw no one was in the room, did you say, hey, let's put a pin in this. Right. Let's do this later. Let's leave. Or can you leave? To which she never really, she never answered that question. She never did. It's a whole lot of questions because she never that's answered. A, that's a very valid question. It's a very valid. She also never answered the question when she had the conversation with Karen of saying he did something and I felt like what he did made me uncomfortable. And we start to get to a word semantic situation and where Andy chimes in and also Candace chimes in and calls her a gutter punching bitch. A gutter snipe bitch. Gutter snipe bitch. Because I think Candace's biggest situation and Chris probably the biggest takeaway for them is you did something to me mm. not you made me feel because even when she said well i felt he was like granted i give you that if you felt a way i can't tell you you didn't feel that way mm. but you made it seem like i did something to you he's like what did i do he was like spit it out mm. like tell me what did i do she couldn't say that yes and so when they boiled down to andy was like so you felt you like you're saying he did something and you're saying what well, he did made you feel, but he didn't do anything. Yes. All he did, he made you feel a way because of you being in a room with a married man or some shit, which to me is still fucking ass, not as hell. It but doesn't make fucking sense. That's her stuff. That's based on her experience, her life experience, her background, her history. Right. It has nothing to do with him. At so all. he didn't actually do anything. And that's what Candace, Chris, and even Andy was like trying to make Giselle see at that point. Because she still was standing firm in her definition and her conviction of what transpired. And she didn't really w try and let up and concede that defeat. Because I took it as a defeat. Like, once you really, like, dissect and everyone really sat back and listened to Chris's explanation and his perspective on it, it was like, okay, yes, granted... You are justified to feel however you want to feel or you actually feel in any situation. But it's like, okay, you could have you could have ended that situation and stopped that feeling. Yeah, and I want to bring up a double standard situation because this now is about to be something. Now, Black Chris mentioned, mentioned it. He said, you bring up my dick every time you want to. Every chance you get, talk about my brown dick. He's a white man. He has a brown dick with a pink tip. Now, they know this because Candace said it to them, but Giselle has mentioned it several times. Yeah, after the fact. Yeah. After the fact. Why are you talking? So, it's okay for you to talk about this man, Dick, but you can't be in the same room. Is it? Is it the reason why you can't be in the same room with him? Because you have talked about his dick and maybe you want the dick? Is that the problem? Like, let's break this shit down to what it really is. Yes, and also, he even went as far as saying, you make, with what you said, about my dick in the past, you've made me feel a certain type of way. Yes. But you've never done anything to me. So 
Exactly. It, there's no reason you could be a sexual predator because you're talking about this man's penis, this married man's penis. Yeah. To the group of ladies and other in every chance you can to talk about it and to mention him to say I can't look at you, Chris, because I look at you at top. I can't look below your waist because you got the brown dick and with the pink tip. Yeah, that it, it, and. To your point, if a man were to ever say to a woman, I can't look at you because all I see is that wet ass pussy. Like, problematic. Problematic all day. Especially in this fucking circle. Mm-hmm. And this group of ladies, like, mm-hmm. come on! And I think that's the that's the issue. And so Candace then goes further <laughs> and doubles down on some shit. And she basically says that the reason why a lot of women can't be believed when they talk about sexual assault is because women like you, your light skin, white looking ass, people believe what the fuck you're saying, and what you're saying isn't truth. And so basically, she's saying that because Giselle's a light skinned woman. Yeah, her proximity to whiteness. Her proximity to whiteness. You said something that you you may seem factual. And you said, well, he did something. There was no truth. He didn't do anything to you. He made you feel a way. You felt a way about the situation. And because of that, people who are true victims can't tell their truth because people who may be darker hue, people perceive them to be lying about something. Yeah, they're not believed as much as a woman like Giselle or Robin that... Say it and then automatically you say it and it's like because of your, your your skin complexion people believe you and so that was on the heels of the colorism where then everyone kind of chimed in and was like now we just had this that's just going, yeah, too, going, far. Too, far, going too far too far but it's like well no I don't, I don't think Candace went too far I don't I personally I don't think she I think she went the right amount I think it was the perfect time and place to say what she said because one it's truthful yep. two it's still very much so relevant to this cast and to this group because they just had the conversation and this was a specific example of colorism yes uh, of an aspect of colorism which i wish during the actual segment they would have brought up examples so i think that this was perfectly timed and once candace made that statement and everybody was like whoa 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 wendy chimed in and actually said you know candace i love you i got your back forever but off the heels of the colorism conversation like do you feel like what you said was right essentially like that was a gist now there were i did see a lot of people on twitter say that they felt uh wendy failed candace in that moment because it came across as her not having Candace's back. But, and I'll ask you your opinions on that. Mm-hmm. But real quick, I feel it was in perfect Candace and Wendy fashion. Wendy set up Candace with the alley-oop, the way that they have since they've been on the show together. Right. To further concisely communicate her point of view more calmly more articulately and even more concise to get it across because when she said it yes she said it it was she was angry it was a little it was sharp and a lot of the women didn't receive her message because it was so it was so acidic it was so you know yeah it, it was pointed cut, cutthroat it was, it was cutthroat. cutthroat yes but what wendy did was allowed candace to calm down and really break it down to the ladies in a 
more digestible way. That's my perspective. So I don't think that Wendy, you know, didn't have her back in that moment. I think Wendy saw, okay, my sis just made a great point, but it's falling on deaf ears because of the way she delivered it. Right. So let me help her out. Absolutely. I, I, I concur with that. I, I also feel Wendy's like, okay, we have to be accountable for our shit too. Yes. And it's just, okay. And we can say stuff. And Canada was like, I know what I said. I said it intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll take responsibility to whatever comes behind that. And I'm so glad she did. And so then as she tries to chime in, it's like, no, keep your ass out of this conversation. Because Candace is talking truth. What she said was true. It was factual. There was nothing wrong with what she said. And Wendy, I feel, had her back. I don't think she set Candace up to look bad or to try to read her. It was an actual true sisterhood moment. And mm-hmm. it was like, no. They have it also, you know, we could be wrong as well. And Candace was like, I know I was probably inappropriate with what the fuck I said, but I still stand by what I said because this bitch has been inappropriate. And something else I want to talk about, touch on, Ashley mentioned his because, and I need people to clarify and understand how social media fucking works because Ashley was like, you know, Chris Lynn in a DM with someone and blah, blah, blah. When you comment on someone's story mm. you're not sliding in their dm you're just commenting and it shows up and they're messaging between you guys when you intentionally go to someone's message and you message them that's going to their dm where chris was like i went i actually went to giselle's dm the day after the final filming taping to upset her know the reason why I didn't want to talk to her on camera and if I did make you feel a certain type of way I was glad he did that because yeah. Ashley has this potential to always say someone slide in the DM it's like no when you respond to a story you're responding to a fucking story. you're not going that person's yeah. DM that's completely fucking different and that's the shit also because she's saying that shit you're saying it wrong and people will believe yeah. oh you the DM no he responded to her story yeah there was that's zero what it was. context to his message saying you should have came to the W yeah like if I see a video of my friend if I work at a restaurant and I see one of my friends or an acquaintance or a friend of a friend at another restaurant, I'm going to say, you should have came to my restaurant. But according to Ashley, you slid that friend's DM and you bet not, where was your husband at? Why was your yeah. husband at this restaurant? Like, such a come reach. on now. It's such a reach. But yeah. yeah. So I think to sum up the reunion, we have now deemed Candace to be in the top five housewives of all fucking time. There, it, it, it's just even if you don't like her, even if you find her, you know, polarizing, the way that she conducts herself and she handles herself in like hot situations, you have to give her credit. You gotta give her respect. You like, have to put she, respect to her name. She thinks before she speaks, yes. and when she speaks, like it or hate it, it fucking works. It does because sometimes. I can speak for myself. When you have something very poignant to say, your emotions can get in the way. You can stumble over your words sometimes. And it's not because you're nervous because sometimes your brain's thinking so fast Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. your mouth can't keep up. That's my issue with talking sometimes. And so the way Candace does, she is very calm, but she says everything with intent. Yes. And she makes it very clear and she breaks it down. And this is like, when she reads you, I, I feel bad for these. I feel bad for them. I, I want to cry. 
<laughs> because it's some hurtful shit. Giselle, she made Giselle look like an absolute fucking fool on that stage. Yes, the fool. The fool. The fool. Like, and there was nothing Giselle could say or do because Candace came back with things to conject to to just shut her down yeah. on everything that she said. Or and again, not saying Giselle was false and and wrong of having the way she said Chris made her feel, but Chris didn't do anything. Yeah. That would have more doing something would be if I hit you, I did something to you. If I if I make you feel away, that's not I didn't I'm not doing something to you. You just feel away behind whatever as a byproduct or something, right? But doing something existing. takes action, and there was no action that he, Chris did to Giselle that would warn her to say he did something to her. So, but that was Potomac. You know, that they ended Potomac. on you know Candace's uh, song "Insecure," and now all the ladies had a little bop dance to it, and then. We go to the extended um, Robin and Andy Cohen interview on Watch What Happens Live. And if you guys didn't watch it, it's about seven minutes long. We talked about it before on the podcast. It's so it's nothing to really revisit. It was again. nothing new. Yeah, it was nothing new. Or... Yeah. So no new information, no more new information with that. And so with the Potomac, we're going to go up the coast and go right to Jersey and see what the girls were doing. So what happened with Real Housewives of New Jersey? So it essentially was a filler episode. Let's just put that out there right now because there was more. It was rehashing of the same shit we've seen literally just this season. So we start with uh, Jennifer uh, Aiden meeting up with Melissa to talk uh, all things March. And that's essentially... Marge is the nuke. Marge and Jennifer Aiden are the nucleus for this entire episode. It Absolutely. kind of revolves around their ongoing beef, squashed beef, rehashing of the beef. It's just the beef needs to be chewed and eaten <laughs> at this point. Um, because for me, it's a necessary back and forth. I don't think that these women will ever be friends. And I think. They just need to get to a point where they can just exist in a space together. Because for me, it's no longer entertaining watching Marge call Jennifer a fucking idiot or Jennifer call Marge like, you want my life, you hateful. Yes. Jennifer, <laughs> old bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at this point, it's like the same insults being hurled back and forth at each other. Um, but one of the, the major plot points this week was all of the ladies met up at friend of Jennifer Fessler's house, who, I'm sorry, I actually really fuck with Jennifer Fessler. Like, she's smart. She just seems smart. Like, in a world <laughs> full of these Jersey girls that, you know, <laughs> it's a very hair flip. And, like, Jennifer Fessler just seems, like, pistol, like, whip smart. She... She says things in real time. She kind of sticks out in this group because of that. She does. I think they're trying to make her be a moral compass. I feel like they're yes. trying to make her be um, Eileen of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills seasons 9 through or 8 through 10 or 12. I think, yeah, yeah. So but I, it just doesn't read well for me. Jen has, her house is beautiful. She has an amazing home. She had an amazing outside patio luncheon for the ladies. 
And it kind of just went by the wayside once Jennifer actually showed up and Marge was there. Mm-hmm. And the conversation was light at first. And then it just went to, you know, people having lunch with someone, which I'm surprised and I'm happy that Jennifer and Melissa have kind of made up in a way. And at their lunch, they talked about, you know, how it's not I didn't like you. It's just there was a lot of minutiae kind of going on, right? Mm-hmm. So, but this luncheon at Jennifer Fresh's house just becomes a screaming match, like you said, between Margaret, Margaret and Jennifer, where to the point they try to, a lot of the ladies try to intervene. And at, at some point, Jennifer Fester just stands up and starts kind of screaming. Um, enough, 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 and it's like I have neighbors here. You guys allow, and we're not at Teresa's home, and and Teresa was like, yeah, because I have six acres. Like it was, <laughs> like, Teresa's like, yeah, my neighbors can't hear. And it was a shade. She was like, how many acres do you have? It was just like Teresa. That wasn't necessary for that. But that but was tree. <laughs> it was very tree. Margaret then says, you know, I'm leaving, and Jennifer makes her like sit down. Like, no, you're not Jennifer going Fester, anywhere. Fester. And so the, then comes to Jennifer Aiden and was like, I need you to leave. Yeah, I felt that was some fucked up shit. Do you really? I do. I because that now you're now you're picking sides. If we Jennifer is not was Jennifer wasn't screaming at herself. She was having a conversation. Her and Margaret are going back and forth. So if anyone should leave, they both either they both leaving or no one's, and we can figure this shit out and we can table this conversation later and and finish on with our food because the food looked amazing. It really did. But Jennifer Fessler is actual friends with Marge. So Okay. And Jennifer Fessler is meeting Jennifer Aiden now in this setting, this season. So I mean, with that being said, would you still I would because be like, you, okay, both of y'all need to go? Yes, because you invited me to my house, to your house. So cause if so you kick me out your house, I'm never coming back again. my thing is what's good that is true. it should be both people. You don't just single like one person. Cause that's why Teresa was like, "All right, she's going. I'm leaving too." And I'm so glad she did that because I'm, I'm, I can't. The, I, you're not gonna throw my friend out and me still sit here and break bread with you like that. That wasn't fair. But I mean, with that being said, would you sit there and be like, "Okay, you're not just gonna cuss my friend out, so I have to ask you to leave." That's essentially what Jennifer. Fessler no, did. because the thing is, again, Margaret was cussing her out too. They both said nasty things to each other. So. When Margaret was like, okay, I'm going to go, she was electing to leave to move, remove herself. Mm-hmm. Jeff was like, no, you're going to stay. But then, but Jennifer, I need for you to go. Like, what type of shit is that? I just, I felt that that's taking sides. You now have, you now have drawn your lines in the sand for yes. me. Oh, definitely. Because you, you're, you're supporting your friend who you know. And Jennifer is like, I, I'm not trying to take or be your new best friend, no shit like that. But, you know, we are having an argument. So, that's what happened with that, basically on Jersey. I mean, that, yeah, was that literally was the, that literally was the full hour. <laughs> it really was nothing else with that, you know. Even to the point where Jennifer and Dolores were kind of talking in a, in a way to try to understand what the situation was going yeah, on. With Dolores Mark. is cr- trying to calm Jennifer Aiton down, like girl, just like you, like chill, like yeah. because I think Dolores saw like you are at her friend's house. Like this is like you're not on home turf. Like let's just, like you're not on. You're essentially, vigilant. yeah, you're not on neutral ground. Like you will not win in this moment. So like let's just eat lunch. Like let's just I eat feel lunch. like Jennifer Aiden wasn't trying to win. She she just basically saying like March. She has an issue with someone who comes back with her with actual 
factual information and common sense to rebuke what the fuck she's saying. And it's like, no, I can say what I want to say. Just because you're saying it doesn't make it right. And you're saying some wrong shit. And at the bottom line, yeah, I just don't like each other. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We can't move on. You say you want to move on. You don't do it. I mean, March has said some shit about, you said some disparaging things about her and her marriage. And you brought up her her husband's infidelity yeah. that no one did. Yeah. So, you know, would I forgive you? Probably not. Not this season. But that was Real Housewives of New Jersey. That and, was the Jersey. You know, then we'll see what happened with the girls next week. Um, next week, we find out Dolores' baseball, annual baseball game happens. But I'm really saddened the fact of her relationship with her, her ex, Frankie, is just this new boo is, is kind of coming in and, and shaking up some shit. And, you know. I feel a way about that, but we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week. Now, let's move on over uh, from Bravo to Lifetime with Married at First Sight. We've got these couples that are here. (laughs) I mean, they did trim the fat last week, so we no longer have uh, Dominique and McKinley, thank God. So we really get a chance to focus on Kristen and Shaquille. Gina and Clint, Jasmine and Eris, and our favorites, Nicole and Chris. Right. Now, let's start with, I guess we could start with um, Nicole and Chris. Let's get the good stuff. The The positivity. (laughs) Let's just start with the positivity. Okay. Now, they did have a minor hiccup this week, if that's how you want to look at it, when Chris told Nicole... Uh, what he said on his on the fly uh, in previous weeks about Nicole not necessarily being, even though she's beautiful and he finds her attractive, yes, she's not necessarily um, someone that he's been with before. She's a little bit thicker. Yes, we see. Yeah, she's a little, she's bit, a little thicker. bit thicker than the girls that he's dated before. But he's it's not still, bad. But it's not bad. Yes. And that is exactly what he told her this week to her face. And he said it verbatim, verbatim. because Lifetime showed the clip of him saying it on his own the fly. Oh. Uh, to which Nicole, she didn't get upset. Um, she explained to him that there is a difference between her calling herself thick and him referring to her as thick. It was triggering for her because she has uh, body dysmorphia issues. Right. Um and yeah, they kind of worked, they moved on from there. It was the most healthiest uh, conversation like I've seen on this show in years. It was. I think that she never dated a black man before because he would say you thick. And there's nothing wrong with being thick. I think it's the way someone can come at you and say it that, with the intent behind it. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would say she's a little thicker. Like, you know, she may be a little more. Plus, I'm used to, but it's nothing bad. Like I, you know, I still like that. That's the way I took what he, his words, he was saying. Um, it's unfortunate that she, you know, saw it as a criticism. But I'm glad that she, in real time, was able to kind of process and mm-hmm. still say and let him know. Well, listen, like, you know, if I say I'm thick, but you know, don't refer. If, if you refer to your friends with, uh, to me. I would prefer you not say thick. I prefer yeah. you say gorgeous or whatever. Strong, it was like, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that, you know. So, 
But also, I want to talk about their relationship when they went to a they had a day date, and I feel like she really wants to have him say "I love you," and he's just not at that place. She wants to be in love. I think she really see something with their relationship and as we as the viewers see as well i just think it needs to take its own time i think she's she's so immersed and so happy to be in this process and and to now have a husband but you have to let things play out naturally and you can't pressure and i'm glad he said i won't be pressured to say i love you like he's he's like i i want like when it is supposed to happen when it's supposed to happen yeah and so i thought that was a great conversation i feel like we've said this before they have real conversations and they really work it out in like a real fucking marriage like you just communicate how you truly feel about something and it's not no one's feelings being hurt because they actually listen yes not they don't listen to like interject or respond they actually listen to like receive yes and get insight on the other person mm -hmm. and you can see that is what they do in real time and they process and then they you know either retort or they comment it like this is what i would like to see more of on this show as opposed to you know when the producers just don't hire people <laughs> and it's like okay she's a spitfire let's fucking hire her or he's Ooh, he's a you know type A personality. Let's get him. I was like, I want to actually see people benefit from this process. Right. I, I, I that that's just me. So who else do you feel like isn't having truthful conversations? Shit, everybody else. What do you mean? <laughs> Everyone else except for Nicole and Chris. But I think the biggest uh, elephant in the room is Kirsten and Shaquille. I truly feel, especially this week. Um, that he's a homosexual man, and there's and being a homosexual man, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, and being married to a homosexual man, there's nothing wrong with that. But he specifically stated that he has insecurity issues about who he is, quote unquote. And I mean, he elaborated on it some about you know him being insecure about a scar on his head, him being insecure about. Like growing up and not being, you know, into sports and bath, you know, because stuff his, like that. His, because his childhood injury, he couldn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like there's so much more there. Well, we also meet his mentees, and let's just say they're giving. It's giving DL Atlanta. It's giving. I am a church boy, church queen, and I will suck your dick in the bathroom. But I have a girlfriend, and I'll talk to her after I suck your dick. Like it's giving the it boys really were giving did. all of that. They were it giving really all of that. Did. Now you know in this case, I usually disagree <laughs> with you or all. But like, oh, Bruce, no, I completely. No, it got was those giving lives. DLT all day. And even further, one was like, "Who do your hair? Who do your hair? Like it, your it just hair? it gave it, it gave the like, tea. Oh, it gave honey. church queen tea all day." And so that's just what it is. And, you know, it's. And Shaquille, if you're not gay, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Apologies, I guess. Um, I, I own it. Apologies to you if you're not gay, sir. But it gives. <laughs> it gives. That you are. Yeah. So. It, it just gives that neither one of them are expressing how they truly feel. One about the situation and two about 
one another. Yeah, because she mentioned the fact, well, it's so much to me and I can't open up or something, something to that point. And he said, well, what do you not open up to? As they're both sitting in bathrobes uh, wearing blindfolds. And then she says, well, there's nothing for you to know. For you to know. He's like, but you just said yeah, bitch. there's a lot that I need to know about you, but now you're telling me that I don't. He's like, that's your walls. And I truly feel that I don't know. She's feeling okay. Well, maybe this man, you know, may not like me like this. I don't know. But I just feel on both of their parts, there's so much suppression there about what, like, truly going back to what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. They both just need to go on trips alone and find themselves <laughs> because <laughs> there's just so much suppression there. I feel like they're not being truthful to themselves. Right. Let alone, you know, being able to be truthful to one another. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation with them, but we can move on from them because yeah, I, I have nothing. I don't want to drag nobody, and it'll just be that because yeah, she's be she's exciting. on the point she's getting on, she's getting on my nerves because she's you awesome. still haven't kissed this man yet. This man probably you're holding hands, that's fine and all that, but you guys don't have no type of affection. It appears from what we see, and that's a big part of a relationship. Uh, a huge part to to show that type of affection or to to be able to hold and kiss and rub on and all the type of things and this man I don't think he's kissed you yet so you know but that's uh, that's them we can move on to Gina and Clint oh some more not kissing people it was <laughs> it's very but see the thing is with them it's very apparent like Gina has put it out there I don't do the ginge like you're not you're not my type but she's still willing, right she's still willing to you know go along to get along but this episode I feel was a nice turning point for them they went sailing it was she appeared to enjoy it being in his like wheelhouse I think that this episode was great because it really showed them in their own respective strengths because he went to her salon, which, you know, was a garage. I don't know. Uh, the, <laughs> nice little space for her. Nice yeah. little space for her. Um, but he was in her territory. She was in his territory. And they both seemed to enjoy it. It wasn't like any sassy behind the scene comments or like snarkiness. So, which is nice for them. It was nice. And it was also the fact that she had, she allowed him to meet her team of her workers for the salon and trying to get their opinion about him and they had a, a lovely exchange and he was he was Clint. He's a show he's a showman. He could definitely put on for the room, which is great. I think she may need that for herself. But they had a really good exchange with everything. So I see hope for them. Mm, but they have to do some real real emotional connection to if if they want this to work. If they want to get over the hump of let's put the past three weeks behind us and let's start anew, they have to really put the work in for it to be something. See, I just see them being really cool friends. I, like, I do I too at the end them, of it, but I still want to be hopeful for I watching this show. I see them being romantic to to with each other. I just see them at the end of this process being like, you know what? I fuck with you. I fuck with you too. I just but don't want to fuck you. Yeah. Um, but Gina asked Clint the cutest question that we didn't even know had a name for it. But she asked Clint, when you hold hands, do you do biscuit, 
or waffles. And so for to give you a visual, friend, so if you let's put your hands together. So hold your hands out. And if you cup your hands on top of it, or one or another, just so cup your right over your left, that's a biscuit. Like if you're clapping. Okay, so like that. Mm-hmm. And then if you interlock your fingers together, that's waffles. So biscuit or waffles? Which one did you bake? Well, I feel like we're both aggressively waffles. It's extremely waffles. <laughs> like like I like biscuit is too much like shaking hands. Like, nice to meet you. <laughs> like I need some interlocking going on. I need to like rub the top of your hand with my thumb. Like there yep. needs to be some and intimacy. Yeah, yeah, there needs to be some waffling going on. And I think they both said they were biscuits, or they both said they were. I don't remember, but they love. I want to say that they, they. I want to say they said biscuits, maybe, but you know. But friends, let us know: Are you a biscuit or a waffle? Go to our IG page. Oh, that's my gay friend. Let us know. Is when you have your your love when you're holding your lovey's hand. Do you biscuit it, or do you want to make some chicken and waffles with it? So let's see. Drop I'm, it I'm interested to see the, no, yeah. the comments and how many people will be one because of the I other. can see I can see an argument for either side, honestly. Yeah, but speaking of arguments, who else do we have on the fuck shit? We have Jasmine and Eris, um, who got COVID this week. Was it COVID or was a guy paying you back for talking trash about his child? Uh, I'm just asking. Listen, right. I have to ask the question. Just want to know for the people, for I, the viewers. Again, this is another couple that I'm not invested in because I don't see them going anywhere. Yeah, I... The fact that he had the gall to say he has COVID and to give her a rating scale of how she's handling his... um, Nursing him back to life is a 7 out of a 10. She ain't have to do shit. No, you got COVID. I would be like, you know what? All right, y'all. I'm out finding another apartment for a week. Exactly. Or oh, I'll just go my home. My 10 days. I'll just go home. And, and let him do him. Because I don't need to nurse no... I don't need to nurse no grown-ass man who ain't fucking me or want to kiss me back to health. So, she's a real one for this one. But, I mean, she's been a real one this entire season. She's kept the game face on after he has continuously... Well, he's been embarrassing her behind her back, so... I'll be very curious to see, you know, what her stance and perspective is after she sees the footage of him saying how she's just so fucking into him and he is, you know, giving her a four out of ten. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I was just I was just disgusted with that. He also to give him some type of credit. Let's just play both sides fairly. He did. Offer to help take the dog, do a wash for Duchess. Um, it was a nice gesture. It was. Something. I don't think it was enough. I don't for even him. think it was him. I think it was all producers. Like, hey, this is what we need you to do. <laughs> yeah, I think the issue with him, and I, I'm seeing it now, and he's giving only children a bad name, but he's used to whatever type of women he's dealt with to cater to him for whatever fucking reason. And I felt like you got to have big, big energy to, to be the type of nigga to pull that shit off like that. But to And you don't have that type of energy. Or you don't, I don't think he's giving anything to have someone to want to cater to him in that type of way. Yes, exactly. Like, 
It's you like know, you, you're, you're not giving shit. You're expecting something that you're not giving. Back. Yeah, and it's like I don't think you got. I don't think your, your money game is that long to shit like that. Like you just, you just, you're not that dude who you think you are in your head. And it's being clear now watching that that's watching him on the screen because he's saying these things and and I'm like, did you really give her a rating for trying to help your ass? get over COVID and you give her a seven? Yeah, yeah. Like it's like what have you done for her? Lately. Oh, in the words know. of Janet Jackson. So, you know, I, I want her I don't want her to marry. <laughs> in yeah. the words of Candace and Aunt uh Ruby or Auntie Bertha. Aunt the, Aunt Bertha, I don't want you to marry. So you know who else do we have? That's, that's it. That it. We're oh, we're shit. We blazed through that. Let's not look back. Let's not. Let's Moving keep it going. Forward, we've got Rue and the Gals. So this week was the night of a thousand Beyonce's. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, no, no. The main challenge was a talk show like uh, segment called 50-50 where the girls were split into groups and each one had each group had their own interview that they had to conduct with three celebrities? Gay liberties. Let's say gay liberties. Yeah, there you go. Gay liberties. Uh, so you have Charo, uh, Frankie Grande, and Love. Acid? No. It's not love Jan? Love. A drag. A, a dra- a con- love a comedy. Yeah. Love Connie. Love Connie. Love Connie. Yes. And she was, if you know the movie Legally Blonde, The Bend and Snap, and at the end of all the ladies having the dance uh, routine, it's like, The Bend and Snap works every time. That's Love Connie. Yes, she, that's, she was out of drag. Yes, that is Love Connie. Um, so this particular episode, the runway I felt was, and I want your opinion on this, uh, The Night of a Thousand Beyonce's was a bit underwhelming. And I'll say this because as amazing and iconic of a performer Beyonce is, she's not a look girl. Okay. She doesn't have iconic looks like a J-Lo with the Grammy dress or a Britney Spears with the red latex suit. Like when I think of Beyonce, I don't think of a specific look that I want to see reinterpreted. There's been a, a thousand... There's been a um, a night of a thousand Madonnas, a night of a thousand Lady Gagas, yeah, um, a night of a lot of other bitches. So Beyonce has been a long time coming, but it's not been a night I've been like yearning for because there's only so much you can do. Yeah, she doesn't have, like you said, most iconic looks. To for her, I think that they the girls they did what they. They could mm-hmm. um, in the moment. Clearly, they talked. The production was like, "Okay, this is we're assigning you this look, and have your seamstress make you this ensemble." Oh yeah, of course. So they were assigned different things, but as if you're watching the show, you're like, "Oh, okay, well, that's cute." I think for me, Sasha Kobe was the best. Oh, I mean, because she Sasha just Kobe looks, looks like almost identical, identical to Beyonce. Yeah, she came out just like, "Okay, you you are like the wig was right, the body, even her stomach, like her stomach was the same, like." Toneness as Beyonce's, it was, it was great. Uh, I think the only other person that came very similar, like even the bronzer was bronzing. Yeah, the only person that came similar was to me, Mistress. It was just clever how she did the two heads on the side <laughs> for like Kelly and Michelle. 
for Michelle. Yeah. I just thought it was it, it it was clever. Like if you are going to go literal, you should like a Sasha Colby, you need to look yeah. identical like Sasha Colby did. But if you can't, like of course mistress big ass can't. So she's gonna have to lean in the other camp direction. She's gonna yeah. have to camp it up and she did. And she she looked did great. So who won and who was eliminated? Alright, so we have as the winner Miss Sasha Colby, and this is her third win. And not just many challenge wins. We talk about main. Main stage, which was is what counts. Yes. Unfortunately for my count. girl DeLuca. Lucy DeLuca, yes. She was like, I've won three. One main, two many. I was like, girl, what? <laughs> Like, did you say that? We only count count mains around here. (laughs) And um, Sasha Kobe was the first to win two, and now she's the first to win three. She's the main challenger. She is the absolute front runner. And I honestly feel at this point, just fucking crown her. Just give it to her. That's it. But it was very telling because in the bottom three, we had Mistress Isabel Brooks, um, the baby doll. Malaysia baby doll fox. All the big girls. And uh <laughs> yes, actually. It <laughs> a lot of weight on the stage. You know what? And um Selena Estetis. Now, as much as I dislike Selena Estetis because her drag is just pedestrian to me, um, I don't believe that she belonged in the bottom two, which she ended up in, and Mistress was saved. But in Untucked, there was some tea shed by Mistress that made me that turned the light bulb on for me. Mistress was concerned. She was like, I'm at a disadvantage. I'm in a gown. Like, this is a fast song. Like, and I truly feel that production wants her to be in the top three. So they were afraid if she was actually put in the bottom, like, there may have been a chance, you know, going up against Malaysia. Because Malaysia was definitely in the bottom too. Everybody knew that. But they didn't want to gamble or risk putting her putting um mistress in the bottom and you know not being able to turn out that song in the gown because the song was um uh put a ring on it yeah yeah single ladies put a ring on it by beyonce of course and you know that song is so high octane and energy being in a gown you would have been in a severe disadvantage and plus, being a big girl, that's even more of a disadvantage to that song. I'm not even being shady. It's just no, no, it's no, no right. I mean, I mean, and, yeah, and as TDs, you know, she had a gown on too, but she she twirled when she had the lip sync, twirled and pulled off, and it had a reveal, it had a, a bodysuit. I mean, so mistress could, you know, if you say you that girl in Dallas or where you're, wherever you're from, you you got to think outside the box. You got to think, okay, I could possibly be lip syncing for my life on every challenge. So you have to think about this going into it. I just saw that hand of production. Oh, I see. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. And it's like, no, we need Mistress to be yeah. in the top three. So let's not even risk it. Yeah. Especially this week when she was at a disadvantage. So Malaysia Baby Doll Fox goes home. And at this point, I need there to be some double eliminations because I honestly think Marsha, Marsha, Marsha needs to go. Just from her really? runway. From her runway this look, uh, this week, that fucking fur shawl that basic ass dress and like i i think we've seen all that we i don't think we're gonna get a moment of being shocked and her coming out and just being glamour uh, full beat like i i think we're too far in <laughs> like we're just gonna see more of her you know off the rack juju <laughs> runway 
but she doesn't have the personality of the Jujube to carry her. Yeah. It's no one really has the personality besides Sasha. I'm sorry, this is just Sasha's season. This is just yeah, this is Sasha's season. No one has that it factor. that it factor, the fact to make Rue have commentary and gag him, and the only person that has done that is Sasha. That's it. Then she's gagged America. So yeah. So just give her the crown at this point. That's it, you guys, for RuPaul Drag Race. You gotta tune in for next week to see who gets eliminated and where we are because next week episode do we know what it's about we don't i don't think we know yet well we don't know we'll talk about it okay next week <laughs> I'm, I'm running on fumes let's wrap this shit up well we've friends, been here almost two hours we thank you for tuning in once again to a wonderful episode of oh that's my gay friend we hope you guys have kiki with us as we have kiki with ourselves and we just want you to know that we do love and appreciate all you guys do for supporting the podcast. Please go ahead and any comments or questions or anything you have, please go to our IG page at Old oh, That's Friend and IG. Put them in the comments under the episode. You know, we post every Friday. Um, sometimes we post at one o'clock, sometimes at six o'clock, but it'll be on a Friday. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, you can email us also at oh, that's my gay friend at gmail.com. And hey, you've given us an hour and let's say 45 minutes of your time today. We appreciate it. You have about 20, 22 more to be with yourself. So be kind to each other and go out and take a shot this weekend for us. All right. Until next time. Bye, bye friends. friends.